Welcome, everybody, to the Real Thrills Podcast. I am Jay, here with Eric, as always. Eric, how are you on this wonderful Sunday evening? Oh, it's a, it's a balmy, it's a balmy Sunday, uh, as, as usual, but uh, pretty decent. How about you? Not too bad. Hey, we got together over the weekend. We did. Yeah, yeah. so... We're, uh, seafood and ice cream. Seafood and ice cream. Captain Jack's Roadside Shack. Just a quick uh, shout out to them in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, and then Collins Creamery in Enfield, Connecticut. So uh, a little, little New place. England flavor and went to two states, but uh, everything was delicious. The kids came along on my end and uh, they had a great time. Yep. So not not many tears, but few. Yeah, uh, mostly happy happy children. Um, I will say that I think the whole experience um, of the weekend um, was probably ruined by what I just watched. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so we we were obviously last week, uh, we were kicking around some ideas. Uh, We wanted to kind of parlay off of Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, We started talking about, you know, charismatic killers and silent killers and you went in a direction to a mime clown movie called The Terrifier. Now, this movie was actually created like, well, this movie was done in 2016, kicked around some uh, like Telluride and like other avenues and really didn't catch it too much steam until about 2017 18ish yeah I think it finally got, dropped on like Netflix yeah I think 2017 is when they picked it up and then yeah you know a larger, it was straight to Netflix it was not a movie theater but this is a very recent new slasher type movie that has a lot of homage definitely we'll, we'll say it right now there's gonna be a lot of uh the director really took a lot of liberties in this new movie with bringing a lot of the old. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think this was, um, so, uh, the director, writer, director, um, Damon Leone, um, initially did a horror anthology back in 2011, I believe, um, called all hollows Eve. And did you, did you watch any of that? I don't think I've seen it. No. No. Um, but I'll say that I, I do love, the horror anthology. I think it's always been something that, um, you know, even going back to like Tales from the Crypt as a kid and watching mm-hmm. that late, if uh, if HBO was free for the month or something, you know, it was, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I love some of those like Tales from the Dark Side and uh, Body Bags, all um, great concepts. And so I think the first sort of peak we got at Art the Clown was from this horror anthology. Yeah, and, and like you and I never saw it. So for some of you listeners who have, who are more savvy in some of these uh, horror movie movie types, right? Yeah. Like we only learned about it through the research of this show because um, I, I too learned about uh, some of Damien's uh, background. And that's kind of the only, he kind of only lives in this this little window. He didn't do anything else. He kind of just did All, all Hallows' Eve terrifier and soon he's having a part two terrifier yeah and i think uh, i think terrifier was a short film first that was dedicated to art the clown after the anthology but again it was a short film and then decided to go full length with it which is great i you know i'm curious to see 
where did this concept come from? You know, where did this character come? Was it a dream? Was it a nightmare? You know, how did we come up with this character specifically? And then why did we, why are we sticking with it? Do we think this is going to be the next Freddy Krueger? And we'll get into this as we, you know, through the pod, but uh, it was definitely one of those movies that you're definitely taken aback by. I, I definitely was. I was very shocked and awed. This is a, a, a slasher meets torture porn meets it meets serial killers meets silence of the lambs (laughs) there's just so many obviously damien has a lot like we mentioned a lot of homage it's just written in this movie which is which is a good thing i'm actually praising that because as i'm watching it i can pick certain scenes and be like whoop pulled that from here pulled that from here so it's a great watch in that regard. Yeah. And we'll get into it right now. The budget was only a hundred thousand dollars. It's amazing. In two thousand sixteen, a hundred thousand dollars doesn't get you anywhere. You can't even buy a you can't even buy a Bentley. <laughs> yeah. That's like a car, right? So yeah. um or a Tesla Model T or whatever. You know, like it's 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 one of these crazy ideas that when you watch this movie knowing that fact, and we wanna we're gonna hammer that home. Oh, completely. That blew us away and it, and it since some of these killings some of the cgi i know it a little campy at times yeah but hur- hurrah like it's it was amazing it I was gotta, well I, done there if you haven't seen this movie or maybe you are um you know someone who is looking to shoot your own horror movie or a big horror fan i think you got to watch this movie and and just see that you could you could do a lot with a little, you know. Yeah. I mean, a hundred thousand dollars is a tremendous amount of money, all things considered. But in terms of making a movie, it, it, it's fucking amazing. You know, I think it's gonna blow you away if you watch the the way that they shot this thing. Like the cinematography is good. Yeah. Um, the just, acting is okay. You know, there's some good acting. Yeah, in it. the, the running scenes. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the some of the uh, hide and go seek scenes that uh, are going on, but the way they built suspense, the way they implemented the deaths, the CGI, with this low budget, it was wonderful. Yeah, you can't even you can't even rent a rat for twenty thousand dollars probably in New York City for a movie. And this movie had about a hundred of them in there. Right? <laughs> yeah, them all over the place. So um, definitely, first thing, yeah, first thing we got to say is just uh, bravo. I think. This is one of those films, and I think we talked about it last week a little bit with A Nightmare on Elm Street, is that a lot of times the budgetary restrictions create like ingenuity and it creates something that maybe wouldn't have happened if you had the budget. Because now instead of saying like, okay, we can do this scene by doing this. Now we're like, how do we make this knife wound look real? And then you start getting more creative. And I think that it changes the game because you're not following the same prop guy. You're not doing the same deaths. You have to create something different. And I think the fact that they did it on this budget is amazing. Well, obviously there's a lot of no name actors in this. So there's, but I'm going to say that, when you watch it from the beginning, well, let's say when you when you meet the two main characters, to me it's very much reminiscent of Scream because you've got a Nev Campbell looking lead, yes, and then sort of the the sidekick, the the kind of blonde, loud sidekick, um, similar to that of um, Rose McGowan. Uh, from Scream, and, and I think it just—it's uh, amazing that they. I think they visually had the right 
you know, the right actors in this. I think all the characters that were in it and even Art, you know, Art the Clown. You know what's creepy about it is that he, when he moves around, he reminds me of like a cross between Bob Saget and Urkel. You know, it's like it gave me this like very retro like 90s sitcom vibe. And then it was so gruesome that it was like, but the balance of that, it it to me, even though it was silent and you're talking about more of a of a Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers, the the charisma is that of Freddy Krueger without words. The, the words, which bravo to David Howard Thornton. Um, I think it was his debut as Art the Clown and I believe had some experience as a mime, which is why I think he did so well in this film. Yeah. So uh, some trivia that was done, uh, IMBD, that the way that he came into um, audition was he dressed the way that, you know, uh, Art the Clown dresses black and white yep and inst- he mimed a killing as his audition because awesome. he has a background in my in, in mime yep. whereas art the clown was played by other another person in 2011 right. so this guy just stole the show and i think in even in the director's mind damon probably i think i got gold here oh yeah because i think he just made it and he did a hundred percent made this character better yeah, I didn't see the original, but I I, I don't even have to because I think I was like I'll you be can't I'll be this. upset I'll how be upset. Beat, yeah how do you beat the, you're it's going to be like lackluster you can't beat this performance is amazing and again uh, I think it's not common that I think I watch a lot of new horror that maybe isn't mainstream first I think it's just like I'm so used to going back and watching you know, the classics, you know, that's kind of my thing is like, you can keep watching the classics and there's so many, I mean, horror for some, it just, for some time was like a dime a dozen, you know, you could, yeah. everyone made a horror movie. And so going back to the classics is something that is, is constantly there. And then randomly you'll see, um, you know, a promo for this new film or a remake or something. And it's like that maybe grabs your attention. But, um, for some reason, um, you know, I, I, I'm sad that I didn't watch this sooner. You know, it kind of restored um, my love for, the, you know, that grindhouse, really brutal, um, just scary, no frills horror. And I think, you know, we did Machete a few, or not Machete. <laughs> we did, we're not going to do Machete. We did Hatchet. <laughs> we did Hatchet a few weeks ago, which was, yeah, that 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 go back to classic American horror. That's not a remake that doesn't take itself too seriously. And just is there to like be a little bit campy. And, and it's, it's an homage to eighties horror. This pays homages in different ways, but ends up being just frightening. And again, the way that they do the kills are just so brutal and vicious that it's not about, it's not about, the chase as much, even though there's a lot of chase scenes yeah. in this, it's about the capture and the kill, you know? And I think that that's, but it also has all that. It it's still has the thrill, the thrills in the movie, the hide and go seek scenes, the pop-ups, yep. the, the trickery and like one of the deaths where he, I mean, we'll get into it later, I'm yeah. sure, but he kind of tricks the person oh, to go save yeah. him instead of the person that's dying and it, it, it very cat and mouse game going yeah. on and it just built up 
an anxiety as the viewer because I was when I was watching it, and I haven't felt that way because it was a new movie. And for some of you listeners, this might be one that it will get you in that regard to say, "This is frightening. This is intense. It's the torture porn. It's you. You got to look away, uh, but you can't stop. You're still peeking out of your your hand. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> it, and uh, it had it all. Like it. it, it Surprisingly enough, I, I was I was very intrigued. I watched all the way to the end. Uh, it's an 84-minute movie. Very quick for all you guys out there. Uh, you can buzz right through it. We found it on Tubi. It yep. was on Netflix. And again, we also will mention again, there is another one coming out in 2021. So go ahead and go watch it so that when this new one comes out, you're going to be all for it like we are right now. Completely. Yeah, and... Um I want to just uh, call something out real quick because I was interested in this. And so um, kind of a bizarre parallel I'm drawing. But um, I, I had to stay at a, um, a Hilton hotel recently for work. And as I'm at the counter, the guy behind the counter, you could tell he's just one of these guys who's like, you know, bored with his job and likes to ask weird questions to the patrons. So I walk in there and he's like, I got a question for you. He's like, Tell me, tell me what your thoughts about this. Why do you think people are afraid of clowns? And it was just kind of a random weird question. <laughs> that would freak me the fuck out. It was man. very creepy. I didn't. I barely slept that night. <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, this guy knows what room I'm in. But anyway, <laughs> point being that I looked up and the phobia is a real thing. Callrophobia, the fear of clowns. Um, and I think part of um. You know, the, the study that I read talked about that when they surveyed that like upwards of almost 50% of people have a fear of clowns. So right out of the gate, this movie, you, you're you you're scaring a lot of people. Even if the clown does nothing more than sit on the screen, you're scaring 50% of your audience or almost 50% of your audience. Now, where does uh, Art the Clown rank in your hierarchy of scary clowns? I mean... It's kind. It's tricky because I think if you go back to it, it looks fun. You know, like could be like a happy clown. Like maybe which, not the remake. It? Like Tim Curry. Or go Tim Curry. Yeah, it looks a little scary, but ultimately, like the behavior is what's scary. But the look of Art the Clown is very creepy. Yeah. you know, it is right, right actually seat. terrifying the way. Okay, he looks. so let's pivot here. Are you afraid of mimes? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Now? Of, I'm are, afraid. Are you afraid of, of mimes now? <laughs> I'd be afraid to like walk away from a mime if they're trying to give me a show, but I wouldn't want to watch them. <laughs> I'd be I'd be afraid of uh, being rude. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean I I, I mean can't y- tell you all the times I've ran into mimes, <laughs> but <laughs> I can count them on one hand. I know that. <laughs> but at, at, even at that time, to me, mimes are clowns in my book. Not that I'm afraid of clowns either, but uh, they they all fall in the same. Uh, umbrella i guess where i'm just like you're freaky stay that stay away yeah well i think the difference for me is that when you look at a clown because it's like these exaggerated faces and and proportions like weird ears maybe or a big clown nose or these big smiles painted on their faces that you don't know what their actual emotion is it's sort of like when when someone draws on their eyebrows a little bit too extreme and they always look angry, it's like, that's kind of the same thing is that a clown always looks happy. And even with art, the clown it's, there's always a smile with what's happening, but you don't really see, you know, sort of like 
the like there's a, a emptiness in the eyes i think is what uh tara says in the movie is like these yeah. these dead eyes um and so the smile is there and even cat lady calls it out that the guy's having a great time he's yeah. enjoying it you know and so i think that clouds in general maybe that's part of the fear is that um somebody with like this constant smile on their face and Maybe part of the fear of clowns also came from John Wayne Gacy. Yes, that's you know? what I was thinking. I was like, was this thing developed in the 70s after John Wayne Gacy would use this clown costume to lure kids into his home and butcher them and bury them under his floorboards? Yeah. Possibly. I mean, if you go back further, but uh, I don't know. So you got John Wayne Gacy, probably number one, just because that was a real life thing. Yep. Uh, Twisty the Clown. I, you, you never saw that. That was through, uh, what is the American Horror Story? I think it was oh, the yeah. fourth season. Uh, you got it, Pennywise, right? And then I think Art the Clown is second place in my book at this point. Yeah, there's been there's been a lot of mainstream mainstream negative light towards clowns in general. So definitely. Um, Tough rap for all you clowns yeah, out there. Yeah, geez, man, if you're going to clown college right now, it's life. Life's rough. Tough, tough sledding. But I'll say, hey, great. Um, I do real quick before we get into um, the the segments. Um, just a quick shout out is I want to say that I don't know. I, I didn't do a lot of research in terms of where this character again was conceived from, but I want to say that there's a lot of, in my opinion, homage to Ed Gein. Um, again, mid fifties serial killer. I mean, not even serial killer, but mid fifties grave robber slash murderer um, up in Wisconsin um, was a mama's boy kind of went a little bit nuts after his mom passed away. He was digging up graves. He was dismembering them. Um, again, this is, we talked about this in the Leatherface. Uh, or oh, sorry, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode yep. about Leatherface. But I think that there's a very strong coincidence with how this character plays out in a couple scenes that we'll get into um, with the homage to Ed Gein, Norman Bates, Leatherface, you know, horror classics. And I think that that little twist on this leaves you thinking like, wait, Jason Voorhees has a backstory. Candyman has a backstory. Freddy Krueger has a backstory. What the fuck is Art's no, backstory? And I don't know either. Which I, don't is, think, I don't think it's your lack of research. I think there's lack of depth of this character, and I hope that's what two is going to overlay. Gonna, yeah, and, that, and that's what a lot of it, a lot of these movies did. I mean, you learn about Jason, you learn about Michael Myers, like you learn about that in the first movie. But maybe the point was that there wasn't meant to be a second film for this, and it just so happened that I mean, based on the way it ends, you kind of think that there's going to be a chance for a second film. But again, with a hundred thousand like dollar budget, four years ago, five right, years ago, hundred thousand dollar budget. I'm not crossing my fingers that I'm going to get another yeah. one of these picked up unless it makes a ton of money. Um, and I, I don't, who knows how much it made because it wasn't in the theaters, you know. So like, well, somebody smart on Netflix picked it up in like 2017, 18. So it must have gotten some legs and probably probably helped Damien make some money off of it. So all you got to do is make put, throw a million dollars at it, and I think you've got gold, man. I really do. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like you don't even need mainstream actors. You don't need the money there. I think you you develop more of a better script and just write out where Art the Clown came from. Who is this person? Because that's what I really want to know. 
you know, after watching it, I was like, I want more. And that's that's probably where a lot of the critics and reviews really went sour on this movie. And that's probably why it never got the legs of a cult classic. But it it has the power to be that. Uh, it's, it's just had, got the bones, it, literally and figuratively. It's yeah. got the bones. <laughs> and I and I think uh, the lack of depth and story and, and, and development of characters even throughout this film that I noticed right away probably crippled it in a sense yep. that it, it just had no substance other yep. than this guy, Art the Clown, like you said, has the charisma in a way that's through mime and clowning and, and, and killing. Which is amazing. Yeah. It's, it, how amazing is that? Yeah, because like you said, you, you can look at his face and he can just make a gesture and a smile and you're just like, I'm fucked. And he does it regularly throughout the movie. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah. I, I lost track of the, you know, when we get to the segment, the drop, I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> what's not the drop? Yeah, it's like, it could be the first scene you see him, but uh, we'll get into that. So are we all set? So we got- Yeah, 80- can I do a quick synopsis? You, are we good to start with that? Yeah, very quick because- We talked about it for a while. Yeah, we're already, we're already, we got a killer clown on the loose. Yeah, essentially, uh, we we see these two uh, young women on Halloween evening. Um, it's clearly, you know, after midnight. Um, they're both deciding that they need to get home, but maybe they're both a little bit tipsy. They spot this odd clown uh, with a trash bag over his shoulders. They get a little freaked out by it. They decide that they're going to instead go get some food and try to sober up a little bit. Let's go to a pizza joint. The clown comes into the pizza joint. He's hanging out in there. They're exchanging some weird looks at each other. They're both getting creeped out. The friend in her drunk stupor decides to try to engage the clown, take a selfie with him, post it online. And the clown goes back to the bathroom or something in the pizza joint. You see the, the pizza owner kicks him out. Um, they're screaming like, oh, you sick fuck. You know, so you're kind of figuring out what happened in the bathroom. <laughs> anyway, the two ladies go out. The tire on their car is now slashed. And they're kind of thinking, well, did this happen before? Did the clown do it? We don't really know, but we got to call my sister and get home. So as they're waiting for the sister, the one girl decides she has to go take a piss. They let her into this uh, empty, like abandoned like maybe garage. Gar- warehouse, apartment building. It looks like an office building almost. Yeah, it's like a um, basement garage, apartment building up top, yeah. office. So she goes in there to take a whiz and um, all of a sudden Art shows up in there and the chase ensues and then the carnage begins. So, um, yep, synopsis there. Uh, It did get 30, 30, or I'm sorry, 60% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I already mentioned 84 to 86 minutes, somewhere in there, $100,000 budget. We've already pretty much hammered that home. Um, Let's get an opening scene. And what I liked about this opening scene, it's uh, an uh, homage to Nightmare on Elm Street, which uh, we just did. So yep. <laughs> you, you walk right into uh, Art the Clown, just putting together his grab bag of goodies and yep. and and torture supplies that he is putting into his trash yeah, bag. Yeah, a hammer and all sorts of. Actually, well, before that, there was like an interview happening, right? But that was, yeah. That was so cool. I think I think it's important because. To me, it's sort of a Tarantino moment or it's like a circular kind of way they do the film, which is that, um, and again, maybe we have to give it away because it's kind of the ending at the same time as the That's no, okay. Beginning. Spoilers are okay here. Guys. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Do we want to spoil this one? Because it's not a very high high on the list of a lot of people. Well, I guess they won't really spoil it. We're just going to say that it opens up and then there you hear an interview 
of this woman and she's talking a survivor yeah, of the massacre survivor of a massacre that happened one year ago on Halloween evening and super deformed face and the the inter- the interviewer is talking to her and um, they mention Art the Clown and then the woman says Art the Clown definitely is dead I saw him die and then you see the TV get kicked in, and then Art starts gathering his tools. Gathering his tools. And and in this scene, it's very similar to Freddy Krueger making his knives. Yeah. Uh, you're just watching this little, you know, this... this in a workshop, warehouse kind yeah. of thing, putting together... Yeah, so there's your first homage, right? Uh, we already alluded to in, the, in in some of our you know pre-show dialogue, uh, but that was another homage right away. I was like, Friday, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street, right off the top. So, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong with someone putting together rusty tools in a warehouse. No. What? What else? Just, I mean, just to give the character a little like insight of like this guy is in La La Land. Yeah, and he's putting on makeup is the other thing, yeah. right? So we see like dirty hand going into all these different pieces of makeup. These like real fucked up teeth, you know, yeah. Leatherface esque teeth. Yep. Very unfortunate smile. Uh, and we'll get into this later, but, uh, very good, intense, sinister type music, right? Right away. And, uh, I mean, we'll get into it. You want to drop his name right now? Yeah. Paul Wiley, the person who did the score, wrote the score. There's a little bit of music in this. Yeah, there's a soundtrack. A little bit of a soundtrack, but it's mostly from a janitor listening on headphones, bopping around, which is kind of funny. And there's a at the very end, there's a good good scene with some music playing. Yeah, so there, there's definitely some of that. Uh, I think we'll get. It's into, a good mix. Yeah, it's and it, it and it's done very well. Like you can tell, it's getting sinister, right? The, the, For sure. And the music really helps with that. Uh, so there's the opening scene, right? So here we go. I, you know, like I said, this whole movie is the drop, but the drop when shit gets real. And for everyone listening, this is our tenth podcast. Yes. This podcast is the drop. <laughs> this is when <laughs> shit gets real. Because uh, all the other deaths before this uh, um, are not like anything we've just witnessed on, on this film. So, For sure. Which is, which is a very good thing, I'm saying. Not, <laughs> not, not to poo-poo that. But uh, I think for me, the drop, uh, when shit gets real, is probably when Don does the selfie... In the pizza restaurant, I just was uncomfortable. I was like, Art the Clown himself was, you know, kind of freakish and whatever. I'm like, I'm not going to consider that the drop yet. But when she engaged with him in a way that I'm like, all right, you're, 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 you're fucking with the wrong guy, right? Uh, at that moment. And she's just taking selfies, being harmless and just being overly flirty and all this stuff. And, uh, He's just not even engaging or moving. Later in the movie, it goes back to that picture, or sh- or she's looking at it in the car. Yep, and sees that Art actually turns his face in one of the photos and is just looking at her like I am going to kill you. Like have your fun now. <laughs> yeah. So I'll have to my me, fun later. it was just one of those because I I just kind of knew the movie. I saw the trailer before the movie had started. Uh, and I'm just like, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. Like it's kind of ties in with the, the, well, that was dumb, you know, like yeah. it, I have that already highlighted, but to me that was a drop. Cause I was just like, he's just stone cold. 
And I'm just looking at his face, looking at how it's engaging, and I'm just like, that's the drop. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I, I don't I don't disagree with that whatsoever. My drop actually came at the 18-minute point, which is the first of the art the clown murders when he murders both the pizza staff. Yeah. So I want to just make a special note of this because it's fucking disgusting. But when they kick Art out of the pizza place, he says, you know, he, he calls out to the cook and he's like, hey, head to the bathroom with some bleach. And the girls kind of like, they're talking about it when they walk outside. Like, I bet he was jerking off in there and they had to clean up because of that. And so you're thinking in your head, like, yeah, was he jerking off in there? What, like, what happened? Why do they need bleach in there? And it shows the pizza cook and he's cleaning the toilet and around the toilet and on the wall, there's just like blood and shit everywhere. And the name art is written on the wall and shit. And okay. I'm just going to say as gruesome as this bathroom is, this is like a Walmart on a Wednesday afternoon. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like this could be any porta potty at warp tour. Like this is just, it's not that uncommon that something like this would happen, but yeah, um, it's where he got his you know uh, reference to that. Yeah, scene, what, I'm sure. It's like, what is the diet Art the Clown is eating? Because I think we got a little bit of a problem here. Um, but chili, yeah, a lot of chili. Yeah, there there is definitely like um, it's like a refried bean thing going on. It's I just we're we're painting a picture literally oh, of shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but great job. But anyway, uh, Pizza Cook's cleaning it up and he's yelling at his boss like, "I want to get paid overtime for this. This is bullshit." And Great, uh, great, hey, great comedy. Totally <laughs> agree with that. Uh, but anyway, he goes out and great scene is that he sees his boss's head. He's decapitated and the the eyes are cut open. The mouth is slit and there's light like a, like a little flames inside a jack-o'-lantern. Happy Halloween, everybody. We got a, a jack-o'-lantern of the pizza shop owner. And then... Art, you see Art the Clown. Art the Clown chases the other guy, runs him down, and another great murder scene. You see a knife in the cheek. Um, you actually get to see the first killing. But to me, that's the the drop is that we we see that this guy is definitely fucked up, and something is going to happen. And, and we finally is- get to see the first unveiling of what he's capable of. Yeah, and it's brutal. I mean, we're talking about like mul- multiple stabs to the face. And you're watching it. Camera's straight on it, man. You're, they're not turning away. It's not like you're seeing him on the ground and you just see the knife going up and down from like five feet away. Nope. Yeah. I, you're spanned right on his face. I mean, so you're watching the it. fact that that didn't cost $100,000 alone is, yeah. is mind-boggling to me. Like, you see all these scenes. And I think a lot of movies, I'm not even going to say just horror movies, but like movies in general, started to create these more elaborate effects for like fight scenes and stuff. And one movie I can call out specifically is, um, it's a Vince Vaughn movie. Um, it's like riot and cell block something. Sorry, I'm forgetting the name of it, but basically like there's a lot of scenes where Vince Vaughn is basically stepping on someone's skull and crushing it. And I just thought that that was like, wow, that's so brutal for a movie. That's not horror, you know, to do something like that. But I feel like this is where, again, the ingenuity and the um, creativity starts to rise in newer horror that they want to like really push the envelope with with the death scenes. It's not just like a, you know, it's not the the softcore porn anymore. Now we got the hardcore stuff. You know, that that's just what we've created, and I love it. You know, it's great to see that that's like where horror is going because it 
we we need something that's going to shock us again right yeah like that was a great thing about horror is like growing up is like it shocked you so what what can you do now that's going to shock people yeah it's 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 slasher meets torture porn that's pretty much what this genre or whatever subgenre this is but uh yeah that 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 scene you're talking about about the uh jack-o'-lantern face was also added in later Oh, right, because they wanted to make sure that... It had a Halloween, Halloween more theme. Halloween themes in it, and it was all CGI'd in there, but it looked pretty clean to me. It, I was like, I kind of had to look at it twice to be, what the hell was that? It was, yeah, it was a jack-o'-lantern. You know, you got the flames. It was, the it, actually, I had all the fire and everything uh, all lit up. So, no, obviously, you went with the death scene. I just went with how, you know, when you see him re- interact with the girls, it's just like... Super creepy. The super, ring, super yeah. Super cringe, just... yeah. So uh, let's go right to favorite death scene. I don't even know how we narrow this down, but I'm just going to come right out of the gates. Dawn, who's the blonde, who's friends with Tara. Um, she gets it. Uh, just going to describe it very quickly. Hanging upside down naked. And... Tara was then captured, duct taped to a chair to yep. watch, and he takes a uh, hacksaw. Rusty. Rusty hacksaw. Make sure you know it's rusty. Yeah. <laughs> and just, uh, you know, you don't see it really happen. He just, like, takes his hand and what it seems like rips off the underwear. Yeah. That, that's the only thing she was wearing at this point. And just, per- and he, at that moment, I'm just like, oh, he's not going to do that. He's not. And then he just he just starts looking, you know, in between the legs because it's upside down. It's about eye height. And then he just takes the hacksaw and just starts going right through the mid, right through uh, groin to gullet, which is another homage to our <laughs> Candyman episode. So yep. that death right there, I was like Candyman. Yep. So I'm already already two movies in, and he just proceeds to. Go through it. Now, this is where we just mentioned the $100,000 budget should have been all spent right here. It was actually fantastic of how it was shot and how it looked, unfortunately, lifelike in a sense that I'm like, this is insane. And at the moment when I'm watching it, I'm literally cringing. I'm literally turning away. I was very uncomfortable. Oh, completely. 39-year-old man watching it by himself in the dark and i'm just like what the hell am i watching right now god damn eric i said the same thing <laughs> i'm so i'm watching it and of course um my fiance andrea is not a horror fan whatsoever so when i said all right i have to watch terrifier now for the podcast she's like okay i'm gonna go in the other room where i can't be bothered and uh, we've got this like sliding door that is between like our kitchen area and uh, uh, the room that I was watching this film in. And so it's cracked so the cat can get in and out. But I just start like yelling and laughing and making all these sounds. She's like, what is going on in this movie? And I'm don't like, come you in, don't, don't you don't want to know. Yeah, yeah. You just don't. And uh, this is the, the area that I'm going to just quick throw in because I think it's, it's a good point with that death scene is, again, the Ed Gein tie-in. Is I think when they actually finally caught Ed Gein. Um, they were hunting down um, the disappearance of like this hardware store owner. When they figured out that Ed Gein was the one that was responsible, they go into his barn and they've got this woman, um, this corpse that's hanging upside down. 
by the legs and it's um what do they call it dressed out like a deer which is basically removing all of the inside stomach is split open so a little bit more graphic in this movie but definitely an homage i think to that is that they've got why else hang this woman upside down and, and kill her that way other than they're they're throwing in some reality to the to the piece yeah. here so um thought they did a really good job of that scene in general and the guts the intestines hitting the floor and the pool of blood and just ha- leaving that figure there for the rest of the film because you see it a couple other times where it's basically split pretty much to the jaw right it yeah. leaves the head intact but otherwise it's pretty much split to the jaw so um really cool scene and well very well done yeah great death i don't know it's it's, it's a very good uh horror movie death scene but what do you got same different um, I picked a different one because I figured um, you would pick that one. So <laughs> I, I did like. I mean, she was naked, right? There I mean, were. Let's, let's be honest, guys. Gravity was kind the other way too. I'll yeah, say. I was like, <laughs> I, I like this one just because it it was gruesome, and I think it again it showed the entire thing um, in a very close up piece, and I thought it was pretty well done and and humorous. So I think it, it, it was like a good mix of the movies. It wasn't too just gruesome. It also had a little bit of playfulness, which I think it was like one of the better art the clown kills, which is the second maintenance man who comes in looking for his partner who oh, yeah. who we believe is dead. Because the, the place that they're in right now is supposed to be getting, um, we'll call it bug bombed for rats. Yep. But maintenance guy comes in looking for his partner because they can't get a hold of him because um, at this point, Art the Clown has knocked him unconscious. And so he, as he's looking, Art the Clown sneaks up behind him and we get a knife directly down into the skull. And he's holding him there with this knife in the skull and then takes a machete and starts sawing jugular area, like slitting his throat basically. And you're like, okay, he's going to cut his head off and gets it very much to the end. But then kind of like when you get to the last bit of an onion and you've, you your knife didn't cut well enough and you got to kind of like yank it a little bit. So yanks the head clean off, puts the head on the ground, steps on it and pulls the knife out and then fucking Pele's it across the <laughs> across the yeah. room with a pretty swift kick. Um, and I, again, I just thought it was a playfulness of how much he, how much joy he was getting from killing. And I think in your scene, it shows the artistry of the mime of the clown by showing somebody what he's doing. You know, like putting on a show for somebody. This other piece was more about just the joy and fun he's having of murdering people and yeah, it's kicking like- the head. I mean, it, it, it's like a magician sawing a woman in half. Like, <laughs> this is a mime yep. clown literally sawing a woman in half the wrong way. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, from uh, groin to gullet, right? Indeed. So, um, well, that was dumb. Yeah, I got a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I figured. I mean, it is a $100,000 budget movie, but... Uh, yeah, let me just jump off with yeah, a couple. Please, no. Yeah, just a couple. Cuz you here. know that I always ramble for this, so you should get yours out. So Yeah, so uh <laughs> uh kicking out Art the clown from the pizza place. Uh going to get pizza after a party. So the story there is that uh, when I was in college, we used to go to Via Via in Newport, Rhode Island every night. Uh open till about 1 2 a.m. It'd be always the last call. But guess what? Via Via had probably 100 people at it. 
This pizza place had two. Why are you open? It's Halloween and it's midnight. You would think that that place would be hopping with a bunch of drunk people wanting pizza. I was one of those, but and then the clown walks in, and then I'm 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 getting the hell out of there. So I don't know. Just going to get pizza after a late night of drinking, it's like, well, that's that, that's a dumb idea, especially in this movie. Yep. Uh, selfies with Art the clown, Art, Art the clown, like uh, Don. <laughs> yep. uh, so I'm not really sure. There was no spare tire, or there was a spare tire. She just didn't know how to change it. She said it's in the car. Right. I what was the like, okay, then put it on. <laughs> I was like, so that was dumb. I was like, you have a spare tire, just put it on. Like, do you guys don't know how to put on a spare tire? I mean, they could barely eat pizza. Never mind putting on the spare tire, but I agree. And again, 2016, where the fuck is Uber and Lyft? One of my points. Yep. <laughs> I was like, fucking make a, f- you have smartphones, like, use them. You had to call your sister. If I was that sister, I'd be like, call an Uber. Get that, lose this number. <laughs> Yeah, there's probably a fucking Lucas in a in a 2012 uh, Miata down the street that can pick you up. Why? Yeah, yeah. Then the movie's over. You know, we just saw the two pizza guys get murdered, and, <laughs> and then you know, you, at least the two girls are saved. Couple scenes where when they're they're running away, I just get a kick out of uh, the people going. The door says "keep out," like "keep out," like exit yep. or whatever, and they always want to go into it. Yep. Uh, there's a lot where it's a lot of hide and seek. This movie's literally a long game of hide and seek. Yeah. Which creates the intensity in it. In it. But it's like, there's a lot of scenes where you're just like, fucking run, go. Uh, at one point, she does throw a screw somewhere else to like have Art the Clown kind of go somewhere else. Yeah. I was like, you should have done that more because Art's kind of like, I don't know, he, he thinks it, he, he gets distracted very easily. So, <laughs> yep. oh yeah. Uh, there's a lot of scenes like that. But, uh, Go ahead. I mean, I'm sure there's there's more. Yeah, uh, taking a picture, taking a selfie with a clown. Um, I mean, I'll tell you right now that having watched like infinite amount of TikTok videos on Instagram when they come up my feed because it's just like you get hooked on it. Um, I believe that that would totally happen <laughs> based on some of these videos. That that's totally legit, but dumb idea. Um, Tara, can you learn how to eat a fucking slice of pizza? She's like picking at it. She's like picking pieces off of it. Like, put it in your mouth and eat it. Like, how is Donna eating it like a champ and Tara's picking it like she's feeding a fish? Like, I don't, what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Eat, learn how to eat a piece of pizza. Um, agreed. Can't call a cab or an Uber. Um, you're on Halloween night? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, that's it. And where are all the people? What, 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 Miles County or like, where? You're, it looked like a downtown setting, yet nobody's around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got that on here. Um, okay. So the other thing is that when when Tara has to pee and, and the exterminator lets her in the building, um, she she's like, if you got to go so badly that you're asking to go into this place, um, I'm sorry, but like... I've never had to pee that bad where I've wanted to go in somewhere sketchy like that where I wouldn't be willing to like arc it over someone's shoulder in order to get it out as quickly as possible. Like she goes in there and she's like, mm, she's like looking at the toilet. She's like looking at everything. Like, if you got to piss, just piss. Hover, d- squat over the bowl and, yeah. and take a piss. What are you doing here? Um, taking forever. Like you're in some creepy building. You know, your friend's out there waiting. Like, come on, like get on with it. Um, then when Victoria, the sister, is coming to pick them up and she hears on the news that there's like a killer that just murdered two people right 
down the street from where she's picking up her sister and friend, you wouldn't think to call them and say, hey, did you guys hear the news? Because I'm on my way there and there seems, can you make sure your doors are locked? We're all the the cops. Yes, some form of warning. We're all the cops. Like literally it's kind of, the pizza place seems right around the corner. Right. And I I have that on here. So um, I was going to say real quick, taunting the clown. So when, when Tara... Donna gets the Don. Don. Yeah. Why write Donna? I wrote Donna. Okay, Don. I'm sorry. I think it's Don. Are you sure? It might be Donna. That I, I think it's Don. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna figure that out. But <laughs> point being is that um after Don or Donna, <laughs> after the blonde who gets uh who gets split hanging up in that warehouse, is that Tara starts Don. It, it's Don. Okay. So Tara starts hitting Art the Clown with a two-by-four, and she's basically egging him on. She's like, get up, get up. What are you doing? Yeah. What, why would Rum. you be taunting this clown? Run. He just, he just brutally murdered your friend. And you're thinking like, oh, now it's time for me to be a badass. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, this isn't the last scene of the movie. We're not ready to make those claims yet. Yeah, Um. you think the place would be crawling with cops, like you said. So they don't hear the gunshots that are happening inside this warehouse. They're not combing around. They're not looking in this abandoned warehouse down the street for this clown where there's a car parked and all these other things happening. I mean, come on. Where are the cops in this? Yep. The ultimate karma that happens to Dawn is that after Art kills her, he takes her phone and takes a selfie with her. I think he posted that. He, he may have. That uh, went on TikTok. But uh, I'll just say the what I thought was a great scene that was such a, a fucking hilarious. It, it really demonstrated Art the Clown charisma in this. But the front-facing flash doesn't exist, I don't believe, on those phones. So <laughs> the fact that there was a flash on the phone and a selfie cam, just calling that out. I know it's a minor detail, but just looked a little bit weird to me. Clean it up. Clean it up. Come on. <laughs> How did the hat stay on his head? <laughs> That little that little hat with the one strap. He's getting hit by two by fours. He's running around like a maniac. Somehow that hat stays pretty stays on the whole time. Yeah. Except for when Dawn pulls it off, which I thought the string had snapped. Yeah. But then she puts it back on his head and it's still got the string. So I don't know if that was two cuts spliced together, but definitely Maybe. was a little bit weird. But that hat stays on the whole time. So you gotta watch that. And I just wanna call out that I th- I thought the scene where he pulls the old switcheroo on Victoria pretending to be her sister laying on the ground, which will, I don't want to give away the scene, but we'll just say that he, he pulls an Ed Gein with the, with a woman suit, we'll say. Um, yeah, or homage to Silence of the Lambs, yeah. which is a homage. Yeah, to- and he and he's running around and he- Dancing. Re- like, that's what I was he's like. Dancing. He's Buffalo Bill. As I'm watching this, I'm thinking Buffalo Bill, but I'm also thinking like, am I watching TRL from 1998 and this is the dope show video from Marilyn Manson yeah. because it looks just Same like suit. it. <laughs> yeah. You're not, you're not lying. Yep. Um, but you'll, yeah. But if you remember that video, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. That, yeah. Completely. 100%. Long hair. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird. It's it's gender bending. Again, we're, we're trying to figure out the mind of... Art the Clown, Good luck. and you're Good getting luck. a little bit of the Ed Gein, Mommy Dearest kind of thing going on yeah. here where he's wearing the breasts and wig of the cat lady. Cat lady, yeah. And obviously, this is the type of movie where 
you're kind of yelling at the TV a lot too of like, run, get away. So that's kind of like, we'll get into that a little bit. What would you do segment? They ain't never going to be right. Obvious. The Sue Award is going to go to the older sister, Victoria. Victoria. And we won't do the spoiler now because I think you guys yeah, should watch it. Yeah, you got to watch it. Um, well, let's just go through the awards right now before we jump to the couple, couple last segments. Franklin Award. Um, goes to Monica, the reporter, in the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah, because she's talking shit about somebody who she interviewed and she gets she gets dealt with. Yeah, again, not the Karma. greatest example of the Franklin. The yeah. most 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 deserving. Yeah, I also have as my you know sleeper favorite is Dawn because she's just super annoying, taking selfies with you know just a, really like was turning to screws to. Yeah, it's like come on, act a little bit more like Donna, who's well behaved. <laughs> I know there's no Donna. My bad. Uh, what else? Art Aunt Martha. Aunt Martha, cat lady. Cat lady, hundred percent. With uh, the fake baby. Yeah, fake baby Emily. Um, yeah. Artie. Artie goes to you, Jay, for loving the scene where this poor woman is split in half. Yeah. <laughs> You're getting the Artie Award for this one. And anybody else who thought that was a great death scene. You're all the Arties, all It right? was the most unique, right? I, I just never have seen that. In a lot of horror movies I've watched, that, that was a... I haven't seen that death yet, nor have I thought about it. <laughs> um, Is that all the awards? Any other awards? Those are the awards. All right. We so what would you do? Call Uber. Or Call drive, Uber. Or drive home drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take my chances. Well, you can't the second round. The wheel, right? Change a tire? Call uh, the cops? Well, Call AAA? I would have I been gone. Hey, I'm too drunk to drive. What, what was it? Don said it to Tara, and Tara was walking around the car and be like, I can't drive right now. I would just be like, no, I'm getting the car. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think don't. Like, if you see a weird clown creeping on you in a pizza joint at night on Halloween, get the fuck out of there. Call the police. Call AAA. Call an Uber. Get home as fast as possible. Get yeah. away from the situation. Especially if you saw where your car was. Like, I'd be creeped the fuck out. I wouldn't have gone outside. I wouldn't have gone in that. I wouldn't have split up and gone in that weird building while my friend sat in the car. Yeah, obviously 2016, 17, 18, whenever this movie was done, because it was, you know, like we said in the beginning of the show. Uh, I would definitely be going Uber 100%. 100. Definitely. 100. I mean, I wouldn't drive like that anymore. <laughs> I'm not 20 anymore. And Uber did not exist back then. Or uh, there's no cab <laughs> companies. Come on. There's it's, something. We're, it's something. And I did, it, I did, they did know to, uh, let you know it's Deerfield is the town. Okay. Yep. So like Deerfield, Massachusetts. You think it's in Deerfield, Massachusetts? I, I do now. No way. Well, look at the town. No, it looks it looks like New York City. It looks like Deerfield Village, <laughs> right? Like right next to Greenwich Village. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm I get a vibe uh, because the, the what are you, Midwestern. The, hey, the New York pizza. No, the, ah, the guy's okay. got the, the yeah. I mean, I think pretty just, heavy New York. Yeah, so it's like Deerfield, Long the Island. The co the cops in the pizza joint, the pizza joint oh, workers, that's right? Both have pretty oh, and even thick. the guy that was like fumigating the place. Yeah, they're was, all thick New York accents. Yes. All right, maybe Deerfield, New York. I was just trying to creep people out in Massachusetts. <laughs> no. No, you do, don't worry. If you're in Deerfield, Massachusetts, you're safe. <laughs> South Deerfield, however, run. <laughs> uh, alternate ending. Um, oh, that's a good one. Um, I didn't really think about this one. I thought it was a good ending, actually, because it's kind of like 
the ending is the beginning. So, so the corner, like, stole the movie from me. He was yeah. coming in hot, man. He was he was like guns like, blazing. He's got great dialogue. Yeah, the whole he he just sets it up, and he met his demise. So my alternate ending that he didn't, and when he did finally, like when the lights started to flicker, he opened the bag back up. He was already gone. Gone, right? No, that, that's it. Keep that. That guy was 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 awesome. Like he was, he he had all the lines. He was, uh, you know, whipping them out left and right, and uh, he was just like, "I've seen it all," you know, like, and uh, talking about greasy food. And he's like, "How could you eat a greasy croissant after looking at dead bodies?" He's like, "Yeah, I've seen it all." Yeah, he wants bacon. He definitely wants bacon. Yeah. He talks about that. Yeah, I mean, I'll say that I don't, I don't have an alternate ending. I, I think what's very different about this movie is that to me the beginning is the end and hopefully that makes sense after you watch it is that they kind of tarantino did a little bit which i think was excellent so um i don't have an alt ending for this one i thought this one was pretty good no it was good exactly how you mentioned it uh from the from the jump very tarantino-ish a memento type like we're, we're we're shooting from the beginning and yeah you don't because it's like you the don't, end is the beginning you know it, it kind of like you're kind of like off tilt because the whole time you're like linear or flashback when you get to the end you're like is this linear or flashback yeah and you have to kind of i actually had to go back what's crazy about this i had to actually go back and watch the beginning again yeah so did i unfortunately we both did okay so good that's what the movie does to you yeah because i was like (laughs) oh and again more of like bravo damien good job like i I got it was it, it was uh intriguing ending there is one moment here okay we're gonna go right to the soundtrack and I do want to jump off, and because uh, my brother is a loyal listener, I, I, I must shout him out all the time. But he 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 does listen to our show like every time it drops, and he's super fan, and which is great. Um, but there is a music scene in the music shop. Oh, I'm sorry, there's a music playing in the pizza shop. Okay, and I'm gonna throw it out there so that my brother can listen to it. Um, it's very Susie and the Banshees type punk gothic music at the pizza shop very interesting so that was like one of the first like when we're talking music the score was really good it was pretty sinister really going with yeah. the scenes very well and you t- you could tell like the grindhouse effect like you knew like you're getting into some some shit right now and some of the lyrics of the music was very punk rockish goth yep. in my opinion so yeah, the, the, the song list um, looks like there's two tracks by a band called Thanks, um, I'll Try, and Dark Horse. We've got um, a performed by, written by Casey Logan, but performed by Shadowlands, uh, Get Gone. Um, we've got a Devereaux track called I Love You in Leather. And then we've got a uh, Nordzo track called Apeps Rag. Um, and then obviously we mentioned earlier, Paul Wiley did the score, which is to me, it's dark, it's sinister. It's a little bit whimsical in a way where you kind of get, um, there's a couple scenes where it reminds me of the music from the, the trap planning from home alone, where it's like, you got these kind of synthesizers, almost like, um, you know, uh, trans-siberian orchestra almost like you get a little bit of this like christmasy vibe from it in a weird way but it's got the it's got a very like a nightmare on elm street kind of um i guess sound to it because it's got this these pulsating 
synthesizers and these like um, fast paced like hi-hat and kick drum beats that just kind of like drive through um, the the scene and it kind of gives you a pattern that throws you off a little bit so it just i think to me again it's it's driving it sets the pace which i think is important yep. so like it's the count off for the death scene it's like okay one two three four this is the speed it's gonna go and i, I think that that's really um a great way to do it. I thought that the music did intensify the feeling of the cat and mouse game. So I thought really well done on, on just that, that ability to, you know, um, augment the scenes by putting in this great track. No, it was well done. It was very punk rock, gothic elements of like when the actually lyrics and the, that type of music yeah, came out tool nine inch nails kind of yeah. stuff but not as industrial yeah and and not as well known and, and and you just hear it so faintly it's not even like a forefront of a thing it's different i think it's different the whole time i don't think there's any repeating it's not like every time art's on the screen you hear this track it's Correct. like it depends on like and i think it's important because it kind of goes to the scene so like whether you're in this room or this room or the garage the music is different yeah, it, 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 that was the other serial killer that jumped to my mind about, but th- it's not really the same thing. H.H. Holmes had the, the murder house. Right, right. This very had, the, he seemed to know this area very well. Yeah. Like it was, it was abandoned. Uh, it it kind of seemed it, like he might have been working out of the basement or the garage in that place, but not. He wasn't, obviously. He wasn't. But, but he, he was somewhere close. He knew it all. He knew what to do. He knew how to get around. And, and, and he was always in the right spot at the right time. And then maybe that's, maybe that's the genius of where this was done is that they seem like pretty cool, like, you know, um, against the grain kind of women in this. So, yeah. Did they go to some like weird abandoned warehouse party and that's why the pizza joint only has two people there because everything else is closed around it and there's just another building that's the same thing that they're fumigating, you know, a block away that is where Art has his campsite, you know, yeah, and right. this is this has become his like murder house. Yeah, his murder house is the, this place. All right, so what do you rate this? I know we have so many movies to go, but where does this land on your uh, on your scale here? I give, I give it a solid eight. Again, I, I think it, it worked really well with the with the scenes and the cinematography, and um, again for the budget, like it could have been one of his friends. That I mean, who knows? Like right. what the relationship was to get this this music in the in the movie. But I thought um, it did a it did a great it did its job. Yep, um, wasn't overwhelming, wasn't overbearing, and so uh, I think a solid eight. Uh, wholeheartedly agree. Eight. I thought it was really well, like you mentioned. I'm not gonna repeat any of what you're saying, other than it was, like I said, right off the rip, sinister. It, it was. Yeah. It was. There was definitely. It, it wasn't like the Nightmare on Elm Street where it was kind of like monotone, a little ding, ding, ding. You know, like more piano. Like that was just kind of like laying overlaying some like piano where this is just like no it's sinister it's guitar it's it's riffing music and yeah. drum and percussion yeah. it's like this is this is kind of like our our music that starts the show like it, it's got yeah. it's got bones to it it's, it's got meat it, to it it's, you know? it sets the tone for what you're about to see or yeah, what you're about and to, it, yeah it flows very well with that because you know as soon as like i said that first scene where he's the music's playing in the background he's starting to throw all of his tools together uh for for his murdering spree and that music was playing. I'm just like, oh, here we here we go. You know, th- th- this is how it's going to be. 
And there, there's also this one little weird element of like, it sounds like alarms where it's like, I think that's kind of a cool, again, it's alerting you like, is remember Kill Bill had that yeah. thing? It, it, like that, like that, you always knew when that alarm started going off that there's going to be like 500 heads getting chopped off um, and blood spraying everywhere. So I thought that was kind of cool. It makes you uncomfortable. Like if you woke up in the middle of the night and that was blaring and you're like, I'm trying to sleep, you know, it, it makes you uncomfortable. So the fact that that's in the music building a lot of tension, which yeah, is great. Yes, a lot of tension in this movie. Um, definitely, I recommend it. We mentioned it. It's on Tubi. It's free. That's how we watched it. I watched it last night. You watched it today. Um, it's worth your while. And if you get into it, you're going to be like us. Like, can't wait to see the next one because there will be one. And that's what's, what should draw you to this one Yeah, is that there is another one. And whatever this movie lacks in maybe story, hopefully they clean it up with a better budget. I just want everyone to go, into this movie, $100,000 budget. Holy crap, this is actually really good. It's genius. Again, pe- people go on and, and give praise to these like $10 million budgets. And it's like, if you gave this movie a bad review, like get the fuck over yourself. Like this was done super creatively and it's a it's a great movie for the budget that it was given. Anything that you think that is wrong with the film probably could have been fixed by budget. The creativity is there. Yep. The Again, the bones are there. Like anything that probably could have been polished up, you could have given it a little bit more money and it would have so been able you, to do that. So if you, 84 minutes, if you added 20 more minutes of a backstory, would you... You probably could have done it in five. Right. I, I think you could have done five minutes where the beginning scene when they're talking about the, the one survivor is that... They just talk about Art the Clown a little bit more. Like or, or in my minutes. opinion, that her, that whole first scene can go, and and then have more of a back scene or a, a story on Art the Clown. Yeah, just like um, the first scene could go. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, as you know, Art the Clown escaped from the low, you know, the Deerfield Valley Correctional Facility um, after he we they found him with his mother's head in his lap or something after yeah, but years of, of abuse, you know. But you, I'm saying they could have done that in a couple minutes and given you enough backstory that wouldn't but have even cost any more money. This is a type of slasher, like like you said, Jason, Michael Myers, they all have these backstories, which is great. But at the same time, this guy's supernatural, as you know yeah. from the end, yeah. that you're just like, holy, you can't kill this guy. So to me, it's like, where, what is this? Like, tell me more. Uh, so that's why I said that first thing can go, yeah. add another 10 minutes of that. And you're talking about a film that is now 80% Rotten Tomatoes. You know, you're going to have a lot yeah. more likes, I think. Because yeah. I think what I was reading the negativity is a lot about that story development, ca- character development. They they just went straight to the death, and that's where they spent all the money and the time. And I was, and as a horror movie fan, hurrah! You know, bravo! You know, right. that's perfect. That's that's all. That's all we should be caring about, really. <laughs> Again, yeah, we're not we're not watching of mice and men here. You know what I mean? Like we don't right. need to know everything about Lenny. Like we want to know, we want to see the death scenes. Yeah. And we want to see them quickly. And, and they, here we are, bantering about, I want to know more about art, and that's perfect. And I hope Damien goes with that in part two. Exactly. If you want if you want to know more about the character, then you make a sequel. Just don't, we're doing that. Just don't fuck it up. Right. Because they I could. Because again, like you go back to any any movie that created multiple 
multiple films in the franchise, always wrapped up more of the story as you went. Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, Scream. They always brought in more details for you to understand the backstory. Now, knowing any of that in in the later films, does it make you like the original film better? No, it doesn't do anything for you except for try to like tie in a new character or a new plot or a new killer based on new information that you're receiving that they added in after the fact. You don't need that information for you to like have gone back. If only that single movie was made, it still kind of cleaned everything up for you. This doesn't do that, but hey, that's okay. Like maybe that's part of what the allure to it is that there's such a mystery, you know? Yeah, and I hope that intrigues you listeners to go ahead and watch. So any shout outs, anything you want to say? Um, I want to do a, so we added the, po- I added the podcast today to Google podcasts. So now you can find oh. it on Google. Um, so there is an app called Google podcasts, or you can just search Google podcasts and it's going to have a lot of things tied up really nicely and neatly in there. So if you, um, already have Google Podcasts and you follow a bunch, please click follow on ours. You'll get notified anytime a new episode um, comes out. We're still on Spotify. We've got an Instagram page um, uh, at Real Thrills Podcast. Feel free to join us. You can get sneak peeks of episodes. And today was actually an episode where we are filming video on the episode we're doing right now. Oh, no. So hopefully I forgot about it and maybe it caught me pick my nose, but um, we may make clips available. Maybe. Um, point being, though, we've got a little bit of... Um, we're, we're starting to grow our uh, social media platform a little bit. We're going to be adding this also to Apple Podcasts, Apple, yeah. which I think will help out a little bit. But um, definitely we love any feedback, so feel free to go on the gram and uh, throw us a DM. Let us know if you're liking the show. Um, but just in general, shout outs, um, anyone who's been listening from the beginning, yeah. or maybe you're a fresh listener, um, we greatly appreciate you coming on. There's a million horror podcasts out there and we're just a couple of schmoes. I think the point is that we're trying to come on and instead of just reviewing a film, we want to just talk about our opinions of it. And being that we're like a couple mid thirties, you know, um, we'll cause dad bods, um, you know, hopefully you like what we have to say. <laughs> Yeah, and we like to. We've seen a lot of these movies, and I'm sure we're not here to sound pretentious in that regard at all. But that's why sometimes when we're talking about a film, we we overlay other elements from other films that we are really like, uh, and we tie it into other pods that we're already familiar with that we just did. So we try to keep it very much involved with what we are actually trying to do throughout all of our shows and how they tie in, and different elements so um i obviously the soundtrack i don't i don't know maybe maybe i don't listen to enough horror movies uh podcasts but i don't think anybody's talking about the music like we do well we both love music we both love horror why not tie it in yeah because i think it, it plays a very important role into a into a good horror movie so uh yeah shout outs uh obviously our listeners 100 percent. go ahead and follow us um and then next week, next week is Friday the 13th, everybody. So we're actually going to be having a get-together ourselves here at Eric's Place, and uh, we're going to have some people watch watch some scary movies. Super and, spreader event. Yep. Just kidding. We're, we're, we're all cautious. <laughs> so I think what we're going to do as well is uh, maybe do a pod. We'll, 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 we'll fill out who's there in the room, yep. and if they really wanted to just sit on a couch and talk about the movie we just saw, 
uh, we well, we're going to watch Friday the 13th. Yeah. So next week, expect a Jason Voorhees, probably not the OG. We're going to find something um, in the platform. I'll just say that I celebrate Friday the 13th every time it comes up. Interesting thing about me, I was born on the 13th. Not Friday the 13th, but I was born on the 13th. My last name has 13 letters. 13 was like my football jersey, my Little League number. 13 has always been a favorite number of mine. So um, Friday the 13th was always just like... My instinctively, day. Your day. yeah, it was like instinctively like a favorite movie of mine um, growing up. So um, I'll just say that when Friday the Thirteenth comes out, always try to celebrate. Uh, have a couple friends over, watch some horror movies, eat some candy, eat some popcorn. You know, t- talk yeah. shit about movies. So like, it's a great opportunity for us to maybe incorporate some additional folks onto the pod next yeah. week. It may but, be a fun show. I don't know if we'll dr- when we'll drop it, but uh, should be fun. And anything else? We'll see you then. Peace out. Later. Later.